What do you think the main problem is, Wade? Uh Uh-oh. He's got that look on his face like he's going to talk about the Bible. Make a run for it. Welcome to today's process. It's a Tower of Babel problem. Stand up, push forward. Let's light the lantern. How does the husband creator escape the current understory that he is in while still having a marriage that not just survives, but thrives in an environment where modern business is under attack? The fog of the understory covers everything, and we are surrounded by monsters and bandits. My name is Wade Skalski, the understory lawyer, and we will face them together as we build the classic American business. Admission to the understory is free, but understanding always has a price. Let's light the lantern. What is up, husband creators? Those of you who are in the understory against your will, and those of you who are in the understory on purpose, Wade Skalski here, the understory lawyer. So I am fired up to talk to you today. We're going to talk about the Bible today. Now, there is a story in the Bible called the Tower of Babel. Now, it is actually a really short short story, uh, but there is a lot of lessons packed into that short story. And regardless of if you um, look at the Bible from a metaphysical perspective like I do, right, like if, if you know, there's, there's divinity in the Bible, in my opinion, but if you don't prescribe or ascribe or describe or underscribe to that, uh, that notion, that's fine. You don't have to. Um, you can look at the Bible in a very rational um, non-metaphysical way for the lessons that it has, because it is, it is the, one of the founding documents of our culture and it has lessons in it that have been cultivated and curated and attacked and, and not held wanting for generations. So, uh, regardless of what your stance on the Bible is as a divine document, which I, I look at it as it is. Um, now what that means is, is something we can sit down and, and, uh, get a beverage together and talk about one day, but uh, that's not what we're going to talk about today. So you don't even have to worry about the divinity of the Bible, right? All you have to worry about right now is, are there lessons from it that can be learned? And uh, I, I can answer that unequivocally. Yes. From either, either side. Now there'll be some people out there being like, it's a method of control and that's fine, but they're probably don't listen to this podcast because I'm unwilling to enter into the, into the utopian Thunderdome with them. Uh, and, uh, so they left a long time ago to go find their own utopian Thunderdome. But in any event, so if you don't, if you're not familiar with the tower of Babel and its story, it's very simple. All people spoke one language. Uh, they decided they wanted to build a tower so they could get to heaven and to basically be gods themselves uh, or talk to God directly. And uh, God got upset about that and broke the tower down and split them amongst themselves and changed all the languages. And that's why everyone um, speaks a different language, according to the story. So if you look at that, basically, um, it is a metaphor for what is happening is it an analogy, a metaphor? I don't know. I, can, I don't know how I can call myself a writer and not know the, the difference between a metaphor and an analogy. I'm fairly certain I know the difference, but let's just say it's a metaphor. Um, it doesn't really matter. You know what I'm talking about. The point I'm trying to make to you is this, is that it is an analogy. It's not an analogy. It's a metaphor. Uh, it's a metaphor for the idea that uh, for what's ailing the world today. And to me, this short little story can explain pretty much every single problem that we're having right now um, externally in the world, like macro problems outside of your family. The story can help you for your, your, your connections too, but really our commerce problems uh, right now are all because of the tower of Babel. And it's this idea that it's this idea that something outside of yourself can solve the problem, right? It's an, 
And the core idea of that is, you know, technology has taken everyone so far away from the ground. It's the farther that you get away from the ground, the worse things get. And it's also this idea of a giant structure will always ossify and crumble. And if you think about our economy right now and the way that it's built is that, you know, just in time, just in time inventory that we offloaded all of our manufacturing totally across the other side of the world. It's a classic Tower of Babel problem, which is like we built this giant tower for our supply chain and we stuck it across the other side of the world, just assuming that everything would always work perfectly. Uh, And we were actually it's actually a miracle that it lasted this long without there being a problem. But it's not just the supply chain. It's technology itself. It's our phones, right? It's it's social media. It's everything in our technology is designed to take us away from each other. Everything in our technology is designed to, to turn people into end users. You know, I think of, you know, a customer is someone that you just have a transaction with. A client is someone that you have a relationship with. Okay. And those are sort of the two classical forms of business. And then you can debate back and forth which one of those you want to engage in. But but the end user takes takes your um, your customers and your clients into and puts them in a pot that's totally removed from you. And because it's an, it's like in sales, it's like you can't control what any one person does, but you can control what a, a, a group of people do. And it's it's because as as we get away from each other, we don't understand each other. You can take the Bible literally if you want. You can say the reason we all speak different languages is is because of the Tower of Babel. Or you can look at it a little bit differently from this perspective, which is the reason that we don't understand each other. We all understand each other when we're close to each other. And then as we build these organizations and these structures that take us away from each other, then we don't understand each other anymore. And so even if it doesn't really matter, it's it the, the actual language doesn't have to be the literal language of English and Greek and German and French that we don't understand each other. Right now, everyone in America is speaking English and half the country doesn't understand each other. Why is that? They're speaking two different languages, even though the words are the same. We all use the same dictionary, but we're speaking two different languages. And the reason is, is because we used to all say the same language. And then we built these structures, which pulled us away from each other. We built these towers of government. We built these towers of industry. We built these towers of um, technology that, that we all travel down these paths away from each other. And then as these things are crumbling, now we all speak different languages. And it's a, it's a classic Tower of Babel problem. I mean, if there's anything that I've learned over the last three or four years, it's this, is that Human beings do not change. We are no we are no more elevated than our forefathers were in the 40s. We are no more elevated than our forefathers were in the 1900s. We are no more elevated than our forefathers were 2000 years ago, 10,000 years ago. For human beings are human beings. And the methods the methods that we use to destroy ourselves only change. But the cycles that human beings go through are that are delineated in our history don't change because human beings don't change. We're the same. And that's why it's interesting. It's like, I'm not going to get into this a lot, but this whole like transhumanism idea where we can, we can change human beings into something that they're not is, is a really weird, is a really weird form of suicide to me. Right. It's like, all you got to do is just look at the tower of Babel and be like, that's not going to work. 
besides the fact that it's the plot for every single every single sci-fi futuristic horror movie that you've ever seen, right? There's just there's just no way it's going to work. And it doesn't even if you don't want the Bible, don't even look at the Bible. Just look at just look at Icarus, right? It's the boy who made the wings out of wax and flew too close to the sun. That this idea is an idea that is that human beings have come up with from time immemorial to as a warning that the farther away that you get from the ground, the more danger there is of crashing and burning either through Icarus and your wings melting or through the tower of Babel and being destroyed by quote God, which is, which is, if you want to just get real, if you just want to get um, rational about it, which you could look at it as just the way that the universe is constructed, it will not allow you to get too far away from the base because there are laws of nature. There are laws of people. So this is very simple. It's not as complicated. This is a tower of Babel problem. Now, if you want to ratchet it back down and downshift to the economy, like what's the solution? Well, it's very simple. We're going to have to, we're going to have to retool into a manufacturing economy for us to be able to survive. Now, all of you are looking at me like you want to go back to the 1950s. Yes. I want to go back to the 1950s. Not so much the smoking. Like I don't want to like everyone smoking a pack of cigarettes and, you know, give me some lucky strikes and some whiskey all the time. But from a commerce perspective is we need to downshift and get closer just like our farming, get closer to the land, just like we need to get closer in our economy to manufacturing. And so when I talk about the classic American business, one of the core tenets of the classic American business is that you must manufacture something. There must be something of utility that you can take and you can go to another person and be like, I will exchange this with you for something else, be it money, be it barter or whatever. But I have something physical that I can give you. It's not an information product. It's not a service. It's not an experience. It's an actual you manufacture something that can be a use of can be of use to someone else. And it's a very interesting, you know, it's for me. So the, you know, the tenants of the classic American business are self-reliance, family, manufacturing, and legal minimalism, right? Those are the sort of the four pillars of the classic American business. And it's interesting that we're at uh, episode, oh, it's weird. My intro has 513 and my main is 514. So we're either 500, episode 513 or 514. I'm not sure which one we are. I think it's 513. But it took 500 episodes for me to go from the, you know, episode one, which is we're going to build a legal business built on trust in the States to we're going to build a classic American business that consists of manufacturing centered around that the family is a strategy, self-reliance and legal minimalism. <laughs> and that just shows you the power of the understory that shows you the power of going into the unknown, into the chaos and pulling order out of the chaos. And you don't know what it's going to be when you go in there. Jordan Peterson has a line. I don't know if it's his line or he took it for somebody else, but he's like, if you have an idea of a piece of art, when you start what it's going to be, then it's just propaganda. I agree with that. It's, it's the, the, the muse is fickle, my friends. And you don't tell the muse what it is you're going to create. You are, you are a vessel for that. So I feel really good about those four tenants. I feel really good about the classic American business. I feel great about helping the husband and creator. I just have a marriage that survives, but thrives this coming time of uncertainty by downshifting and you know, those messages of self-reliance, you protect yourself, you protect your family, you protect your community are very close to the ground. They are, they are not, let's do a technology business where we get an IPO and we become a unicorn and sit on the beach and drink margaritas. It's just not going to work. Those times are done. You are just like Bitcoin. You were behind the curve on that one, right? You were, you were way late to the game. 
but you can be an early adopter to the game of this idea of downshifting to manuf- some manufacturing something. Now, look, it doesn't have to be like you could go be a farmer if you want. That's manufacturing something. It doesn't have to be like you get a big factory. What I'm I'm trying to tell you is that is that you need to figure out something to to make that you can make on a small scale because you create the foundation and the universe sets the ceiling. I don't know. You may be able to scale it up into a factory and all that, but I don't even know if factories are going to exist in five years. Now they'll exist eventually, I think. Um, you know, but that takes that takes years and years and years to spool that stuff up and get the capital to work and all that and and and, and who knows what's going to happen. So just start out on a local level like what could I take to a farmer's market? But wait, how am I going to get rich on that? But wait, how am I going to how am I going to be able to go buy a Lambo on that? You're not. There aren't going to be any Lamborghinis and you don't need a Lamborghini. Ask yourself is, is, am I close to the ground? Now you will get wealthy from your family being the strategy. You will get wealthy from having everything that you need because the new definition of wealth going forward is going to be that you have everything that you want and that you need and the selection that you want. Just go ask the Russians in 1980, you know, if walking into a grocery store today and being able to buy anything in a grocery store today is what makes it wealthy. It's, it's the, it's the selection that they didn't have. Go ask the people of Venezuela right now, not even like, you know, 50 years ago, right now, like what they would do for to have a selection and how they would consider that wealthy. Just like we need to downshift the, to the economy, just like we need to downshift to manufacturing. We need to start to downshift what wealth, <clears throat> pardon me, what the idea of wealth is. And the sooner you can get your brain around that, the, the more, and you can start to move through that psychologically, the better prepared you're going to be when it actually happens and you're forced to do it. If you want to be able to protect yourself and if you want to be able to protect your family, you don't, you're not, when the shit hits the fan, you are not going to have a lot of time to prepare for it psychologically. You're just not. And so if you can start getting it through your mind psychologically right now of a great downshift, right, is, is that when it starts to occur and you can be prepared, but wait, what if we fix all the supply chain issues? And what if, if, if it doesn't happen that way and everything just goes back to normal, first of all, it's not going to, but second of all, if it does, then you've just created a foundation for yourself that you're, you're bulletproof no matter what. I'm still doing a podcast, which is on the internet. I'm still writing my science fiction book. I'm still preparing the, um, Ranger dispatch, the understory Ranger dispatch, right? I'm still operating under the assumption that, that the economy in its elegant, complicated, sophisticated form is going to exist on some level, on a pretty high level for me to be able to monetize those things. But that's not the only thing I'm doing. I'm building the classic American business and I'm figuring out a way to integrate all those things together so that I'm covered no matter what happens. And I promise you with from the side learning is that your, your quote, sophisticated commerce idea will greatly benefit from your family being the strategy and from your, your farmette, right? Like your, your hobby farm or your hobby commerce, you know, thing. And you may discover that I like building something a lot more than I like creating an ethereal product, but you need both. I'm a big believer in the two poles, integrated two poles and the tension between two poles is what is the sweet spot. 
the tension between order and chaos, the tension between an information product, a product, quote, a novel, and actually make something and build something. And so I've come to terms with all those things. And now I'm like, all right, well, what's it going to be? I already know on the highfalutin, high-end side what I'm doing. I've spent my whole life there. So I know that stuff. That stuff is like, boom, this is what we're doing. But as an adventure going forward right now, this great downshift is that what am I going to build? What am I going to make? So I'm going to start to interview some people on the podcast that I'm going to explore some of those things for me. I have no idea what you should do, but I'm going to, part of the podcast is going to be this adventure and figuring out, we're going to start making some shit and it, it has to be something that is useful. It has to be something that is connected to my fellow man. And it has to be something that can be done on a small scale. Um, with the potential for, you know, a, a wider use. So that's, so it has to have, it has to have a high level of utility. I'm not going to do like a coach bag, you know, we're not doing a, a brand like a, like a celebrity brand. We're not doing that. But the reason that I've come to this conclusion is because I've, I've read the Bible um, and I believe in the wisdom in it. And when I look at the tower of Babel, when I look at the, the, the wings of Icarus. When I look at those things, I'm like, this is what's happening. This isn't a mystery. You don't even need to get to the conspiracy theory, you know, composed of the, you know, the, the, the Pentaveret composed of the queen, the Getty, the Rothschilds and Colonel Sanders, Colonel Sanders, before I went tits up, they meet triannually at the meadows. You don't need to get, go there. Greed, ossification, incompetence, human nature gets you there really fast on all these things that are happening. And then once you realize that you're like, all right, I'll let, I'll let the conspiracy theorists fight it out. But the, the solution remains the same. The plan remains the same. What is the best way to protect myself? What is the best way to protect my family? What is the best way to protect my community? And it's downshifting. It's manufacturing something. So what I want you to do is take out your Ranger Field Journal. If you don't have a Ranger Field Journal, take out a regular journal. If you don't have a regular journal, go get one. You're going to need one from time to time. But ask yourself this question. Is it possible that the Tower of Babel is a story that is real and repeats itself? And just remember, there is no end if you stay in the path of understanding. All right, husband creators. I know you want to escape the current understory that you're trapped in. I get it. I've been there. But in order to do that, you have to have a creative clearing, a place to stand, a place to make decisions in confidence and clarity. I'm not going to promise you some magical course or coach or codex or crypto, but I cannot help you if you do not raise your hand and say, I'm over here. You can do that by subscribing to my daily email list at understory.news. Raise your hand and say, let's get out of here together. The podcast has the philosophy, but the daily emails have the insight and innovations. Raise your hand and let's light the lantern together. Subscribe to my daily email list at understory.news. The path of understanding does not end but that does not mean that you cannot get to where you want to go. Subscribe to my daily email list at understory.news. Go light the lantern.